welcome back to another episode of Sports Meets Money, where our business is sports. I'm your co-host, Med Raza, here with my brother and co-host. Ale Suave. Ale, we just got done with a great Mother's Day, my guy. Yeah. Uh, it was beautiful. God bless all the uh, hardworking moms out there. Mm-hmm. Strong, always putting up with all of our crap, to be honest. <laughs> and speaking of women, Ale, it's time we get into discussing more Strong women that lead the world. Okay. We're kicking off the WNBA season. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this. Here's the thing. Historically, the WNBA has gotten a bad rap, which I want to cover in a sec. But beforehand, it's like, look, we're going to try to cover this today, continuing our theme of evolution we've just actually unplanned been having. Yeah, naturally, it's just... That's been a theme in sports, uh, in all the sports we've covered so far. So, which it's a great time. If you're not familiar enough with the WNBA, this is probably one of the best seasons to get into it. Right. So, without further ado, let's kind of just talk about historically. Ale, if you had to like just pick in your mind, WNBA, what's like a major issue that's always came to mind when you and other people talk about? I it? feel like every time uh, it's brought up, it's always been like. The player pay and like just it not being as popular as the NBA. That's always been that's always been a hot topic of debate. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think it was. <clears throat> don't quote me. I might be wrong here. I think it was John Oliver's show on HBO mm-hmm. where years ago he was talking about. Uh, I think it was him talking about WNBA. How there's some been some WNBA players who had second jobs. Mm. Now, yeah. if I saw Chris Paul organizing meals at the Home Depot, I'd be cursing out Adam Silver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Your your main focus should be playing ball. Like, you are the top 1% of high school athletes to get to college. Of that, the top 1% in college to get to NBA. Of that, the top 1% to 2% of athletes. But yet, you're getting paid it just as much as me. But, you know. Exactly. It's like, all right. If I'm at Home Depot and you're at Home Depot doing a shift, this is not enough. But thankfully, mm-hmm. as far as the second issue you're talking about, there's not enough fans. We're at a great time, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're finally seeing some growth. I know you actually got the background data on this one for a bit. Yeah, so take it away. In, in regards to the WNBA, uh, just to cap off their last season in 2022, uh, the viewership went up about 16%. Uh, their impressions across all social media uh, gained about 36% overall. And um, they're, even their out-of-market live game packages experience a 10% growth in subscribers. Now, we talk about this theme of evolution, and we can go back to something more recent like the women's tournament, which we talked about in previous episodes. Now, I feel like the only reason why that was able to happen was because they put more money into it. We mentioned this into in previous episodes. When you put in three times more money into the men's tournament versus the women's, you're obviously not going to reap the rewards of that. But now since you're matching that same level of investment with women and men, you see this growth within those, the, the game that the women play of basketball. But I even wanted to bring in the most, uh, what's it called, popular sport in women's sports, which would be soccer. 
All right, so women's soccer has grown so much by nearly 300% since 2021. And uh, the Women's Super League is set to go up by 350% this year. Holy yeah, in, in 2022, the U.S. Soccer Federation reached a deal to pay the men and women's team the same, eliminating the pay gap, right? We all know that debate that was had a couple, like two years ago, where the women were like, we're not going to play because we're not getting paid as much as the men. Well, finally, because of the popularity and notoriety of women's soccer, they were able to reach a deal that actually gave them the opportunity to get paid like a man and erase that disparity between both genders. No, you're right. And like, so me and you, soccer fans, mm-hmm. world sport, right? Yeah. Literally, okay, for those who don't know, the U.S. Women's National Team, the U.S. WNT, NWT, I'm t- I'm W-N-M-N-T, yeah, W-N-T, there we go. W-M-N-T. Terrible with the acronyms, clearly. <laughs> they are like the 90s Bulls, bro. No, right now they like, are. Yeah. Bro, they've won like four, if not five, Women's World Cups. Yeah. That's Brazil's true. won like for men's World Cups. Yeah. And they're considered the god country of football, which all makes sense. <laughs> like, women's national team America kicks butts. Yeah, and speaking of women's national teams, there's 176 women's national teams around the world. That's how big this sport in the women, as far as women's sport has grown. There's nine big leagues around the world, including the U.S., and right now, uh, as the numbers uh, talk, speaking of numbers, we got 29 million women and young girls playing the, the game of soccer across, across the world right now. That's awesome, especially because that's going to keep growing. Yeah. Because we're probably going to bring on our fifth or sixth uh, title this summer. I'm pretty sure the Women's <laughs> World Cup is this year. Yeah, man. And, so. you know, uh, it was surprising to me. I also looked into that number and uh, – there was over a billion people who actually watched the last world women's world cup. That just tells you how much this sport has grown. And I'm going to get into a brainstorming uh, type of thing at the end of the episode, but this international businessman, it helps these sports grow. I'm just saying, Hey, I agree with you. Trust me. Marketing many overseas. It's a global thing, bro. Hey man, we're, I'm not going to get too much into it, but just know that that might be something I bring up. So I got you. Tell you what. How about I go ahead and get into this? We're talking about growing numbers. So there's something you mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. Going back to our NCAA March Madness women's and men's tournament episode that we did. Yeah. You said that the investment was what? Three to one? Ratio yeah, three to one. Yep. Here's the thing, though. How much did we even went over it? Women's tournaments actually in terms of social media impression – Damn near blew the men's league out it the did. water. It did. So it goes into something kind of time I'm just trying to appreciate women here, especially in sports. It's you and I can agree it's been undervalued extremely over the years. That's probably a lot about it. Mm-hmm. How, how many times have you heard that a woman sometimes has to work twice as hard as a man gets somewhere? All the time. Bro, three to one? Mm-hmm. And they cared in social media impressions? Isn't that the real like statistic that or is it women get paid like seventy five percent? It's uh, what I think it used to be seventy eight, but someone recently told me it's like eighty or eighty. It's not a dollar to dollar match. Yeah, that's kind of the issue here. Um, progress is cool. Yeah, can we get further now? But speaking of money and revenue, here's the thing: 
they are growing massively mm-hmm. and it's awesome. So here's the thing. Apparently they have several deals, kind of like most sports in general. Yeah. Multi-channel distribution, if you will. Mm-hmm. So one of our main deals right now is actually about to end in about two or three years, and I'm happy about it. That <laughs> means they're about to get paid more. Right. It's going to be a bidding war. Yeah, don't get stuck in a 12-year contract when you're just now growing. Mm-hmm. Take the risk. Take the five-year deal here. Right. So speaking of 25s, the fives, the deal ending in 2025 includes 25 regular season games, the all-star game, and the postseason, which can be up to 27 games. That is the deal brokered between the WNBA and the worldwide uh, leader, one ESPN, a.k.a. Mickey Mouse. Uh, <laughs> now yeah. it's Mickey Mouse, yeah. I do not play with Mickey Mouse's name, I'll tell oh, you Oh, we love you. I'm, uh, I'm taking my daughter to your little Disney, little, nah, Disneyland, bro. Yo, I'm sorry, little. I'm taking to Disneyland. Hey, bro, y'all need to pay for that trip, though. If, if the mouse would like to sponsor any opportunity. Yeah. We will gladly end every podcast by saying, I'm going to Disney World. We'll make a clip out of it. So, <laughs> Bro, we need money, so happy. No. Um, okay, but here's the thing. This 25 games plus up to 27 postseason and the All-Star, right? Yeah. The deal in 2021, that year, it's almost like an escalator. $27 million. Mm-hmm. By the time the final season, 2025, rolls around, it's going to go up to $33 million. Mm. Now that sounds like pretty good money, but we know how much the other leagues are making because of the audience size. Yeah. So now we have growing audience. Here's something that's very interesting. I mentioned for 25 regular season games and all this stuff, right? So you're looking at what's the numbers here? Are they 25 up to 27? Let's just call it 27. Yeah. That's 52 plus the All Star. You're looking at 53 games, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a new deal with Scribs for. I don't know if they pronounce it Ion or I-O-N, mm-hmm. but it's a network. And it's their first ever broadcast sports network. So it's an all-go deal. Yeah. It's a three-year deal starting this year that's going to show Friday night games. That's 15 weeks. And because of some doubleheaders, 25 games. Okay. It's a $39 million deal. That means per year, this year alone, it's $13 million a year. Just for, now, 50, for 25 games. Now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's half of what ESPN pays, but for only one day a week. And here's the thing. Mm. ESPN is paying for those 25 games, but they're playing for 27, up to 27 in the postseason and the All-Star. Mm. And this is a new deal. That means that, hey, we're getting the valuation up right now. Yeah. And this is what's good here, especially getting across multiple different channels. Friday nights for them seem to be what Sunday night might be for football. Yeah. Which is interesting. That's cool. Like every sport's going to have, you know, at one day, we're, we're going to get to a point where – one day is going to be for once. We know what day this sport's going to be, you know. Yeah, which thankfully for me, I'm Man United. I got Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Yeah, it's usually a Sunday us. morning for me. I'm like, oh, nice Sunday morning. Wake up. Manchester United's on. Especially in the fall, we got Man United on. Mm-hmm. Then we got some sort of noon game for football, college football. Hey, we're probably going to get a lot of flag just for saying we mess with Man United, but it's hey, all good. you know what? <laughs> um, let's go Reds. Okay. Is that can you actually say that? Who knows? Red Devils, we're here there for we go. it. That's it's right. our team. I'd rather walk alone, Liverpool. I'm not <laughs> a citizen. Screw City. Now back, I'm done with my rank. We we'll probably have a bunch of Burnley fans. <laughs> Look, Burnley. I'm playing. <laughs> God bless Vincent Company. Great captain for Man City. Mm-hmm. And shout out to J.J. Watt and his wife, um, who herself is a stud soccer player. Mm-hmm. I recently found out. Um... 
Yeah, shout out to them. I'm not talking trash about JJ Watt. I'm scared of that man. So, as far as revenue stuff goes, right? Mm-hmm. I think the valuation of games is going to keep increasing over time yeah. before we even hit the 2025 media rights deal. Yeah. And that's ESPN, that's Scribd, which owns ION. But here's the thing that's not just all the games that are featured. So, here's how many games are going on here. You have a few being done by Twitter as a broadcast. Yeah. A few being done by Meta, a.k.a. Facebook, a.k.a. whatever crypto stuff it is now. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime Video, a new entrant relatively in the sports market, as you know. Yeah. NBA TV and CBS Network, as well as Mickey Mouse's ABS, ABC and ESPN. Mm-hmm. Right? This season, a historic, buddy, 205 games will be shown for just the regular season alone. Plus the up to 27 that ESPN is exclusively covering for the postseason. Mm. Plus ESPN's coverage of the All-Star Game. Wow. So that means we're getting a, what, a 206 plus 27. A maximum of 233 games. Wow. Now here's the thing. I mentioned NBA TV. Here's why it's interesting. This goes into their revenue. Did you know the NBA actually partially owns part of the WNBA? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So did you know Nike also does? No, I didn't know that. So here's the thing. When I was trying to deep dive into some numbers here, right? Turns out that in their first ever round of fundraising, which this is uh, this is basically, for those who don't know, there's a term called venture capital. That's when your companies want to raise a lot of money, and frankly, it's, uh, it's basically a situation where you have to give up equity or a loan. Yeah. You've never seen Shark Tank on ABC. It's, it's like, basically, that. they're saying, hey, um, this is our product right now. It's rapidly growing, and we want to keep it growing, so we need your help. This is this. These are the basically like us. These are the numbers, and it's and we can go back. We can even go back to other women's sports and look at the growth that that's been that's been having over the year. So uh, that's kind of the thing they're doing is like, look, we're growing so fast, and we're trying to keep up with the growth. So we need we we would like your help to help us be able to grow even more. Yeah. So I don't have all the details because we'll pay walls. Um, if you'd like this for us to have all the details, we will gladly take a sponsorship. I'm just being honest here. Um, <laughs> takes money to make money, and sports is our money. Y'all know that tagline. The valuation. The valuation of the WNBA, including their team, is $1 billion. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like within five years, this could jump to two billion easily. Just because, yeah. like, what ideas you've mentioned or hinted at that you want to yeah. talk about. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, just in general, like, the uh, Washington Red, Red Football Team Commanders yeah. history, whatever they have been, mm-hmm. uh, just went to Josh Harris and the Sixers and invited for $6 billion. Mm. Real Madrid's worth $5.4 billion. Barcelona's $5.1 billion. That's crazy. I think Patriots could sell for anything, to be honest. Mm. Um, I feel like if all that's going on, an entire league with all their teams yeah. that are individually getting partnerships and growing, yeah. I feel like that's going to actually increase itself. What's weird is Nike, as well as the NBA, as well as a few others, are also actually sponsors. Hmm. Oh, and uh, you know, speaking of sponsors, uh, in tw- in the twenty twenty two seat season for the WNBA, they had a record breaking thirty eight sponsors. Now this year, it was kind of hard to get all the numbers for us uh, for all the sponsors that are going into this season with, but it's bigger than th- it's a bigger number than thirty eight. And they highlighted two sponsors 
that they consider top tier, which would be CarMax and the new drink that we heard in our NBA episode, that being Starry, the drink from PepsiCo. AKA rebrand CRMS. So, and in, in speaking about this growth in uh, the WNBA, we want to, uh, I want to round that off with all those numbers with, look, we have more sponsors. The WNBA has actually expanded its season by, uh, uh, they, they added four games this season, which is a total of 40 uh, games. And uh, that'll be 20 home and 20 road games. Uh, Ahmed, you said you have a sponsor. So <laughs> yeah, so should have mentioned this earlier. My father won't catch you off. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in your bag. I, you can't disrupt Island when you're in his bag. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was like, whoa, hold on. What's going so here's on? Here's the deal. The WNBA, my guy, let's talk about evolution. They're doing something that doesn't happen as much. We know, like, these sports leagues have foundations and they care, right? Yeah. If, I think one's literally called NBA Cares Foundation, to be honest. Yeah. Um, which is pretty funny. So, WNBA, Changemakers, mm. is a tier of sponsors and partners, going along with what you're talking about sponsors, that aren't just about investing and, you know, being like, oh, the WNBA halftime show. Yeah. Presented by this bank that's likely going to fail like every other bank keeps failing this year for some reason. Uh-oh. Um... No, they're looking at how do we like actually invest in impact for WNBA. Yeah. How do we invest in women's sports and women's society? Yeah. What they're doing with their sponsors and partners is so strategic. WNBA is not just like, hey, let's help grow the sport of basketball, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It's like, hey, how do we literally impact women's society and make things better? And I think that's a theme across basketball and the NBA. The NBA has benefited from giving back to their communities. We talked about it in the all-star episode where they didn't just show up to the city and said, like, we're going to be here. Everybody come. No, they went there. They went to all these different schools. Uh, they put on events for the city of Utah. Uh, and they provide, you know, they had affordable events they could go to. Then they had the all-star game they could go to. Outside of that, they had these little uh, activations that fans could experience uh, and meet their favorite players whilst going there. Yeah, the crossover event. Yeah, the crossover event. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, the WNBA is growing. The season this year is forty games in comparison to last season. It was thirty six games. I only know that's I know that's only four games, but that's still growth. So you got twenty get twenty home games and twenty road games, like I mentioned before. And uh, just to get into the numbers, like I feel like. When we talk about basketball, um, one of the, you know, something that even if you're not a fan of basketball, we all know like, oh, the All-Star game, I might peep that. I'm, I want to watch the dunk contest. Well, for the WNBA, they, they broke an all-time record for merchandise sold just at their WNBA All-Star event with a 50% increase in rev revenue in Minneapolis when they had their All-Star game. I know I mentioned earlier I wanted to get into a brainstorming session, and that's what we're going to do now. Ahmed, feel free to chime in anytime you want because you're the marketing guy, but these are some things that I took down for notes as, like, uh, ideas that might help the WNBA grow. You good with that, Med? Look, if you're doing brainstorming, I will be Med Lasso and get my umbrella. You go ahead, buddy. All right, right brother. Uh, I'm rolling. So, look, just going off of the all-star you know, and them having the 50% increase in revenue, like I mentioned earlier, when 
just any normal person out in the world. They don't have to be fans of the sport, but every every person knows, oh, All-Star Weekend. So I feel like one of the things that the WNBA should focus on and take a note from the NBA is their All-Star Weekend, making it, you know, having the crossover events, having a different pavilion for the average fan to experience uh, the WNBA's uh, whatever fan activations and meeting their players like you did in the NBA. I feel like that's an idea that they, you know, should just put more into the all-star event rather than just the game. So you want it to be like pretty much just like a festival weekend. Yeah. Instead of just celebration of, do you know if, uh, come this year, literally I, uh, the Spurs equivalent in the Tampa region, not things. I need to find a team. Mm-hmm. However, I'm actually going to start watching WNBA this year. All right. So I don't know yet. Do you know if their all-star game is mid-season at the NBA or if it's like a Pro Bowl postseason deal? That's a good question. I feel like See, it's that's the mid. thing. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, we all know when the NBA all-star weekend is. Almost we know that. every, what, March or April, maybe February, something like that. Yeah, and – it's usually mid-season, before yeah. the postseason. Kind of leading towards the postseason, it's the tail end of the stretch, and you want to give these players a break, basically have fun, enjoy yourself at the All-Star Weekend. And you're like an actual basketball fan, because mm-hmm. I say that because I'm really not that much of a basketball mm-hmm. fan. So, like, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it to where, like, even when the analysts are talking about how a player's performing or team's dynamic after a trade deadline, it's always – Let's see how they're going to do after the All-Star break. Yeah. Isn't that literally like the All-Star break is the pivot moment? Yeah. How teams are going to interact and how are they going to get their final 10, 15 games going to see properly? Yeah, basically like you can tell where a team is going post-break, post-All-Star break. Like you see, oh, since the All-Star break, this guy's been – this team has gone on a 10-game winning streak. You always hear stuff like that. Pretty much like a universal bye week. Basically. Yeah, it's a universal bye week and, yeah. you know, people letting loose with okay. their families, bringing them to the event. So tying that into what you're talking about here, I think that would be awesome. I mean, look, if you're going to have 205 games mm-hmm. before postseason. Yeah, so regular season is 40 games. Then you got the All-Star stuff yeah. and – well, I mean, like, overall, they have X amount of games going on, 205 game broadcasts. Okay. Yeah, take the break, because then afterwards, like, not every team's playing 205. It's not baseball numbers, but, yeah. you know, afterwards, let's say it's maybe 15 games or 20 games. Mm-hmm. If the All-Star break, which, like, for NBA, because we have, what, three-point shootout, dunk contest, skills challenge, game, all this other stuff constantly going on here, right? Yeah. All of these are social media buzzworthy events. Yeah. Historically, at least dunk contest and the actual All Star game. Okay. That would help a lot for WNBA if they did like All Star Weekend, basically. So yeah, you're talking about yeah, it'll grow on social media a lot. Yeah. Where hey, if we need some more revenue and viewership at the tail end of the regular season, going into post, that's your pivotal time. Right. The All Star audience build up, Mm -hmm. let's regenerate the audience. Yeah, and you talked about one of the events uh, that could spark some you know interest in the, in the sport dunking uh and one of my ideas was it's not popular amongst the women but there's a couple WNBA legends that are behind this idea and that's the idea of lowering the rim okay so for us it's like 10 feet yeah from 10 feet to maybe nine feet or eight you know whatever the number is so um 
you don't see that many women dunking. I think you only see one or two women that actually can dunk on that rim. Okay, so for us as like men in the NBA, one of the biggest highlight reel plays you can make is a poster. So you don't have that in the WNBA. So I feel like that would be a great idea for the women to try and implement into their game because it, I don't know, just the idea of a woman dunking on another woman, for me, that'll be like, like, a, like, wow, bro. Like, I, what, did you just see uh, Brittany Griner dunk on whoever, bro? <laughs> like, or Cambridge or something, bro? No, I, I feel, I mean, I don't really know about what the physiological sciences are that would show differences to inaccurate yeah, I don't want to get into right? the uh, beaten potatoes of the we, situation. We are not experts, so we're going to shut up about that yeah. for obvious reasons. However, I will say this as a point. Mm-hmm. As somebody who is more so, I watch these sports in their top 10, mm-hmm. to know about basketball or rely on the group chat me and a few other people are in. Yeah, historically, to dunk on somebody is like a gladiator moment. You explode off your feet. You get hyped after the dunk. Yeah. It's my way of one-on-one you got humiliated. We're humans. We like seeing people have to hold it, hold that L. You got right, on. and and you know it's one of those things that just thinking about it right now is like, how many WNBA plays do you see on the ESPN top ten? Not enough. And and everybody know everybody watches ESPN top ten, so that'll that'll help them, you know, slightly. I feel like uh, maybe a lot actually, but. Who knows? Hopefully they implement that idea, but we're just brainstorming here. So here's another idea I have. So for me, it's like when I actually want to get into the WNBA, it's usually too late. And I feel like that's because the seasons are too short. So an idea I have is I'm not saying have 82 games, but hey, maybe 60 games would help you guys. Also, hey, make more money if you, you know, Especially if you inc- if the popularity, the viewership within the sport grows, just having more games would help y'all out too. Uh, fi- I feel like financially and uh, just overall, it's like getting fans behind it because I feel like forty games that's close. That's that's like you're talking about college basketball right there. It comes and goes, and the biggest part about college basketball is not the regular season; it's March Madness. So I think um, there's a point to that, obviously, because like only question is, and this is coming from a guy who does not watch enough basketball or baseball, mm-hmm. does it not seem that if you have more games, even though yeah, it's more chance for you to get into it, mm-hmm. the fan, the per game fan mm-hmm. devotion, I guess, or buy in would go down because okay, there's more games. I don't have to worry about it as much. Like think about college football, right? Mm-hmm. Even more than the NFL. Every game, we only get, what, 12 games? Yeah, that's true. Every game matters for our top 25, mm-hmm. bowl seeding, conference, everything. Yeah. Less games, higher stakes. That's why the NFL, you got 17 games now. Mm-hmm. It matters as much as they say, oh, winning football has happened in November and December. Winning football can be guaranteed starting in the game. Yeah, if you season. have a hot start and you may not have a hot finish, you could yeah. still make the playoffs. Hey, my yeah. Steelers were 11-0 two, three years ago. We got in playoffs. We did not do well at the tail end of the season, but mm-hmm. we went eleven and zero. We got our playoff spot right there. Yeah. So I think that works. There's one positive. Okay. To what you're saying. So, correct me if I'm wrong. NBA uh, roster. 
you got 12 for a game, right? Mm-hmm. But 15 on your roster capacity. Yes, sir. And then you got your G League, two ways, all the rest of that, mm-hmm. waivers. WNBA, I believe, is just limited total to 12 players. Yeah. So if we're adding more games, we could probably justify, based on rotations that we're going to schedule, more increasing players. more mm-hmm. women, which means more women are going to get drafted, mm-hmm. which means there's a higher participation and care rate for women in mm-hmm. college sports. There's a higher percentage of women that can make it in the future. Yeah. And most importantly, it's more women getting paid. Yeah. To be dogs in athletics. I mean, yeah. they're dogs just as much as men are. Hey, man. We saw that. T- I saw that tournament, man. So I know there's going to be some dogs going in, but here's my next idea. And I know we, this is more based on the success of women's soccer. And that I feel like heavily is reliant upon their international presence. It's a worldwide sport. Uh, and we see a lot of these leagues, uh, like the NFL, the NBA uh, is international too. What else? Uh, soccer's international. We have a lot of sports that have an international presence. The WNBA doesn't have that. We're only st- we're stuck in one continent, and they I think they barely made this deal with Canada to play like a, a game, a few games in Canada. So, so you have anything else for that? Cause I actually have some ideas. Yeah, well, it was just the fact that there's 176 participants in the soccer, in the game of soccer, and in the WNBA, I mean, they're barely just getting into Canada. I feel like if you, like NBA, when they go to China and had, you know, players go to China, they hoop a little bit at these exhibitions and just show the the international uh, fans that they actually care about their viewership. NFL having games in the UK, NBA going to China, and just soccer going on. There's leagues all over, all around the world. So I feel like just going around the world and being present for the women around the world, that'll only help the sport. So a couple thoughts here. I'm trying to unpack this as much as possible. I'm not hinting at some future ideas that the nation has. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, as far as the NBA international stuff, mm-hmm. The NBA, actually, outside of China, which you think about, mm-hmm. what actually has been trying to get some foreign events going on. Like yeah. Game trade foreign. Public events. I don't say what yet because I think it's a great episode to talk about. Future yeah, episode. I mean, <laughs> and, and even speaking in terms of basketball, there's international league. You, you know, LaMelo Ball played in that yeah. one league, man. Lithuania, I believe. Yeah. So here's actually what I was going to say. Here's the next point. Transition into that. I again, I'm not the basketball person here, but I'm willing to bet there's probably some growing support in other countries mm-hmm. for women to play basketball. Obviously, yeah. So let's do this. I'm gonna name a bunch of countries. Count with me if I forget one. Okay. Um, just we're gonna try to get to eight countries, no problem. Okay. You think there's eight countries that have basketball leagues? Yeah. U.S., Mexico, Taiwan, Philippines, China. Lithuania. Lithuania. Yearly, I think, has smaller leagues within. So let's yeah. just say there's a couple. There's probably there's a Russian. There's a Russian. Russian. Yeah. So that's there's, so, there's only so many African countries in terms of people play basketball. Yeah. So let's see here. If we could, for international relation purposes, mm-hmm. instead of let's go play a game there, if it's regulated the way uh, FIBA is for mm-hmm. like the Summer Olympics and all that stuff. Yeah. Can we get like almost like a small Champions League? Like, you know, like the Club World Cup, yeah. where every Confederation's Champions League winner yeah. 
gets into a little tournament. Hmm. What if we just did that? It's like a summer deal. Like this is thrown out a lot of stuff. I'm sure there's some women athletes like, dude, my legs are tired. Hey. I gotta run up the court and shoot threes all the time. It's hey man, that, that flight is long, so <laughs> owners, if y'all don't get them good seats. <laughs> I'm sorry, if the WNBA team has to go to Taiwan for a uh, international like a world women's tournament, yeah, and they're on spirit, I'm gonna be so mad. Get them the legroom they deserve. Yeah, so yeah. here's the thing. What if they did that? Sorry, I'm trying to merge them in on Spirit Airlines. Yeah, but here's the thing. I also know something else. You're talking about NFL going to UK, Germany. They're pivoting away from Mexico, which is what I want to talk about later. Mm. Inside of you, it's interesting. Okay. Um, the NBA is pivoting towards a lot of stuff. Something happens here, US, every summer. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. Our favorite clubs from across the pond. They come, come over, over here. here. Yeah. This year. I think I texted you this. La Liga is doing their official summer tour for the first time ever in America. That's why, even though teams have played here before, yeah. this led La Liga saying, hey, we're also going to have our teams against each other over here. That's why we have an El Clasico in Dallas in Ooh. July 17 or so. Um, we're going. <laughs> we are, wait till I get a bonus. We are going. Yeah. So, basically, it would be cool if we can do that. Like, why not maybe for like towards like maybe like a preseason kickoff? Like, yeah. Hey, let's just go and do this. Like, let's go take two, three of our best women's teams. Yeah. Do some exhibition stuff over there. And like there. some scrimmages with other like nations type. Yeah. Screw yeah. it. Let's do open practices with their teams. Yeah. Right. Let's do like a joint practice session the way we do like joint camps and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be super cool. And that not only can bring an international audience, that also means international money mm-hmm. which means at that point we can afford to pay women's athletes a bit more so they don't have to be in a situation where i don't need any of these if you are a first team all WNBA player i hope i never have to see you working at a, a w uh working at a home depot like yeah. not now you are an elite athlete yeah that's you crazy. deserve to be paid you're that valuable yeah so and you know going off that i just uh i have one more point and that, that it's not that big, but I feel like in, investing more into the WNBA and having more sponsors would only help the WNBA grow. And we saw that, like I mentioned before, with the uh, the women's net, uh, basketball tournament, they put more money into it, just as much as uh, Costa, as much as they put into the men's tournament. And they had more views than the men's tournament. Women, women's soccer. They've, uh, they've been putting so much money into building around women, like having their little training camps and uh, training grounds in different, like parking them in different areas across the world and just growing the fan base within that. And just overall, that brought in more revenue for them to invest into the sport, which has grown exponentially. So investing more into the WNBA and how it can grow getting more sponsors, I feel like that'll be one of the things that will lead to this exponential rise for the WNBA if they can pull it off. Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. And ultimately, like, even, um, and this is almost like my 30-second wrap-up almost here, right? Mm-hmm. It's that we talk about change makers, which is awesome. And it kind of goes into the idea of, hey, we can grow this. We have a chance to one grow basketball internationally we know it's international mm. can we blow it into into the global sport 
probably I don't think anything's gonna ever beat out soccer to be honest. I have a personal bias here. Yeah, yeah. But like there's so much room to grow. And if you're trying to break into these new markets mm-hmm. to really get them to grow even more, then why not highlight the fact that we're finally at a point in society globally mm-hmm. where the average woman is having more rights, the gender pay gap's been reduced as much yeah. as we can until we just eliminate it in general. And all these different great things are happening for women's progress in the yeah. world and commercial world. Why not utilize that and support women's rights and everything else through empowering them through sports more? Yeah. We're trying to grow a game. Why don't we have a women-centric focus here? Yeah, bro. Like, just have, like, even just, I feel like for a woman that's in the league to see, like, a, a, a stadium full of fans, that is just, like, um, like a full circle. Like, that's what they dream of. But, you know, today is it's not like that for them. And I feel like they deserve that. And the only way they're going to get that is if we put more, we invest more into them. You're right. And then, yeah. Ultimately, one more thing about the investment stuff. Yeah. And this is a side note. I'll, I'll take the hit on the rent here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw this. I got annoyed about this. When I'm looking at sponsorship amounts, look, we try to get our numbers for you guys, obviously. Yeah. When I'm looking at sponsorship amounts for the NBA, at least I'm getting hints at more numbers and numbers and numbers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the articles, and these are journals, mind you, that cover the same stuff we would get for any other sport. Oh, yeah. That cover for women's sports is almost like instead of, hey, here's a strategic business move from this Fortune 500 company using this to market their product through women's sports mm. is now look at this great PR women's sports aren't a charity case. Yeah. Women's sports are a growing commodity. Yeah. One of the biggest investment sports in America. It's a legitimate, legitimate business. Soccer. Yeah. These are stud athletes who are as dedicated and hardworking as guys, if not more, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with a lot more stuff than we, um, the average yeah. guy does. Most of, a lot of them are mothers. Yeah. A lot of them are going to school while they're in the league. Like, yeah. So it's like, Hey, if you're going to report on this stuff, stop treating it like, oh, my God, yeah, here's the sympathy stuff. Like, yay, we're happy. There's a PR thing. Yeah. These are legitimate business opportunities. If me and Alan Brad, we're investing in WNBA, yeah, it's not yeah. because it's pity. It's because, hey, we, we can have faith. These are some dogs yeah. of athletes. Let's go ahead and invest. This is going to grow. I'll bet money on these guys any day, same as these girls, anybody, just because they're providing so much value. Yeah. And guess what? Their true value, we're finally at a point as the evolution's going on here, mm-hmm. that finally we're being able to recognize the true value of women in sports. And with that being said, Ahmed, there's been another episode of Sports Meets Money, where our business is sports. Hopefully you guys got to learn more about the WNBA and how it's been growing. Also with that, women's sports overall and how much it's grown all over the world. My name is Ale, a.k.a. Ale Suave, joined here with my brother, Med, a.k.a. Med Raza. And that was another episode of Sports Meets Money.